Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You, hosted by Toby Jenkins, a marriage and family therapist associate serving Central Kentucky. Each week, Toby will bring you a show with a topic related to mental health, relationships, or self-improvement. The name of the show, Paradigms, comes from that moment in the therapy process when a profound shift in perspective happens for a client, an epiphany sometimes accompanied by physical reaction that leads them to look at things differently and make significant steps towards improving and enriching their lives. Welcome to Paradigms, Insights and Relationships in You. Today's topic is school shootings. Um, Last year, um, there were two well-publicized shootings in the country, one on February 14th, 2018 at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Uh, 17 people, students, and faculty were killed. 17 were injured. And here in Kentucky, on January 23rd, 2018 at Marshall County High School, uh, two were shot dead and 18 were wounded. Um... Personally, I have two kids, one's in middle school and one in high school, and one of the things we have uh, dealt with from a parenting standpoint is what I would call um, vicarious trauma. Um, And subsequently in my community, uh, there were a couple of shooting scares where um, it was later found out there was not a weapon, but in today's today's kind of uh, culture where everybody has a cell phone, I remember getting a text from my daughter saying there's a shooter in the high school. And so information, whether true or false, spreads very quickly and has a tremendous effect on not only how the students feel about being at school, but um, creates other safety issues as well. Because I know a handful of students, probably more, left the school not knowing what the plan was. So, um, unfortunately, we live in a a day and age, um, I'm a little bit older, we didn't have to worry about uh, these kind of things when I was in in, uh, school myself, but um, both um, the norm across many schools to have lockdown drills and um, what to do uh, in case of an emergency, and even myself as a college instructor, um, as part of the first day of class, uh, given emergency instructions, it used to be just for weather, um, but now it also includes active shooter uh, preparation. So uh, today's guest is Nan Budget. She is a uh, school social worker and district level administrator at uh, in Parkland, Florida, and works directly with Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And um, in the wake of this shooting, she was asked to coordinate the crisis response uh, with the students and faculty there. So I'd like to welcome you welcome you to the show and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Toby. Um, I just wanted to clarify, I actually work with the district directly and has been, I've been task, assi- task, task assigned to work with the response for Marjorie Stoneman. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, make sure that that was clarified. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the clarification. Um, so uh, maybe we'll start with a little bit about you. Um, can you give us a little background about your, um, how you got into this work? Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Sure. I've actually worked with a school district for 18 years. I I started my career uh, when I graduated from uh, my master's degree program. I worked with the state attorney's office as a victim advocate. I uh, worked in the sex crimes unit and child abuse unit. Uh, then I went on to become a, a protective investigator with our local sheriff's office, who was charged uh, back in early 2000 with investigating child abuse um, reports. And uh, I wound up staying with that organization for a few months and decided I really would like to move into the school system. Um, I've always had a passion for working with families and children and parents, uh, being one myself. And just my different experiences growing up um, in several different cities and uh, you know, I just really have a passion for working with families. So I was fortunate to, uh, to uh, be offered a position as a school counselor at one of our uh, magnet programs, and which is also a Title I school in our district, in the southern part of the district. That was a very eye-opening experience. I came into the job not particularly as an educator, but as a social worker, yeah. Um, yeah. With that very uh, systems perspective, um, and I, uh, it was an, a very interesting experience, very rewarding experience. I really got to work a lot hands-on with the students. Yeah, I like you. Um, I, I spent some time uh, doing therapy in two schools uh, here, and um, it's very challenging and um, heartbreaking in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's hard work, really, really hard work, but much, much needed, much, much needed. It is absolutely much needed. And even at that time, which was early 2000, um, school counseling as it is now where we are, I think we're seeing the shift happen to more of a mental health focus. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't the case back then, but of course I didn't matter for me. I was, was adamant. I said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do some work with these kids. And I was able to run several groups, run, um, you know, do the individual uh, therapy, uh, provide parent trainings for, you know, the parents that came to the school and even work with the teachers as well. So, uh, you know, having moved through those particular roles um, in my, my professional environment, I was able to uh, land a district position as a school social worker a few years ago. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm so excited for the opportunity because I felt as though everything had come full circle. And now I was able to really focus and provide um, some of the interventions and information that the kids that I worked with needed and the families. Right. So, um, you know, I've, I've worked in, like I said, a lot of different areas. I came over as a school social worker. And then, then the opportunity came up for me to, um, I was asked to take on the foster care programming. And, uh, you know, from that, being exposed within the administrative side of this particular program in my department in student services, um, which is under the, the Division of Student Support Initiatives, I was able to really uh, display the skill set that I came with and all the experiences yeah, yeah. that I'd had. So I was naturally, it was a natural progression for me to be asked to 
know, help with the response. And, you know, Nan, can you jump in and get this done and get that done? And right. um, yeah, so that's kind of how it, the work that I've, everything that I've done up until this point has set the stage for this moment that I'm, that I'm involved. Yeah, it sounds like it all prepared you really well. Um, so I have a, a quick question for you. Um, the primary uh, listener of this show is going to be in uh, West Central Kentucky. So, so demographically, um, what's uh, Parkland, Florida um, like in terms of like diversity, socioeconomic mm-hmm. for comparison? So- so let me talk, I'll talk Parkland, then I'll, let me talk Broward County first, and then I'll speak specifically uh, to Parkland. So Broward County is, I believe, the second largest school district in South, in South uh, Florida, um, okay. primarily, uh, uh, um, it's a split, I would say, between, uh, as far as racial uh, ethnicity is concerned, uh, we have a variety of, of white, black, a large following of Hispanic, a large uh, Caribbean population. Um, we have a whole lot of transplant from uh, the New York area, uh, you wow. know, upstate yeah. New York. Um, and so that speaks to Parkland. Parkland uh, was a city that was, the, and I forget the name of what they call it, but it's out in the northern part, northwestern part of Broward County, which uh, in terms of where Kentucky is, like the central city, that area, the western Kentucky, it's kind of like our western Kentucky. Okay. Right? Um, so affluent, uh, very affluent community um, in terms of the city of Parkland. And really it was just, an, it's just a nice town. Um, you know, people go there, they've come from all over the country that I believe it was it was, it seemed to me when I look back and, and look at all the, the founders and how it was incorporated, the city council, a whole lot of folks that came from the New York area, the New York area, uh, you know, worked to, to create the city. So once again, very affluent, very high socioeconomic uh, status. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. There's, there's quite, I'm just from the differences you talk about. Uh, demographically is quite different um, mm-hmm. from Marshall County, which is more rural. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, sh- these shootings can happen anywhere, mm-hmm. any school. And so, um, yeah, when we come back after the break, I'd like to jump into um, um, things you've learned while going through this process and maybe things that um, most school communities should be thinking about um, in terms of uh, supporting students, supporting faculty, the mental health approach, um, and um, and actually something that, that that's real for most uh, families. Uh, my own son told me a couple of days ago. There's some days I'm scared to be at school, and so mm-hmm. perhaps as a parent, how should we respond to something like that when we hear our kids say those things? Um, so uh, so yeah, we'll jump into that right after the break. And we'll be, we'll be right back with more Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and Youth. Today's guest, Nan Bushton.
This segment of Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You is sponsored by Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, walking beside you during life's challenges, providing therapy for couples, families, and individuals. Find us on the web at www.jenkinscft.com. This is Paradigms, Insights into Relationships in You, and we're talking uh, school shootings and how we should respond. And our guest today is Nan Busjit. She works, uh, she's a social work administrator in the Broward County Schools, and she was tasked with coordinating the uh, crisis response after the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting. So, um, so Nan, um, I know... uh, there's certain emergencies you, you kind of know are coming in terms of school, but these are these shootings are fairly unprecedented. So um, what went into determining what the, the appropriate crisis response should be after the shooting? Wow, good question, Toby. So, so what went into it? Um, well, what, what we did was our, our chief, uh, Mrs. Polk, she gathered everyone. She gathered myself, my boss, and student services director, um, our EAP person, um, I think our nurse, and our school social work and family counseling supervisors in a room. And we were in correspondence with our, you know, senior level, senior leadership team, and we were trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? So initially, you know, of course, you're thinking, and you're thinking, okay, we're not sure what to do, but we know that after the hurricane, right? We knew we had to have a gathering place, yeah. right? And we knew from just those similar experiences. And then there was there was actually a um, there was an incident at one of our local schools. I, I don't think it caught much press or any press at all, where a student, I believe, was, was stabbed, um, and, and I think the the child subsequently died. So drawing from that experience, and you know, just magnifying it now and okay how do we service all these these families and help um because you don't know what was coming through to us was um you know there there lots lots of victims uh, many deceased we don't know how many um and we needed to plan okay what about our families what about our parents how do we help them to cope and help you know with breaking this news and sharing this news so the decision was made through, um, I believe it was the local law enforcement and FBI to, you know, set up an area within the, um, not too far from where the school is. They actually set up at a at a hotel where FBI um, victim crimes, uh, I think Boca came down. Um, I don't know if the Red Cross was there yet. And then, of course, a ton of law enforcement agencies. Mm-hmm. So we dispatched from our office. We said, okay, we have school social workers. We have licensed therapists. We have psychologists, some of which are licensed. We sent a handful out. And when I say handful, it was probably about 20 or so um, staff members that went out with our uh, supervisors of those two programs, the family counseling and the social work program. And they went to the hotel and they got in and now it hindsight, there was really difficulty in, in making sure that we had a contact because it was them going in. And of course, you know, with the police barricade, 
they weren't allowed to get in. So then we had to oh, make wow. some calls, yeah. leadership, and then they had to connect with the sheriff and then the FBI folks to say, hey, we have our school social workers and, and family therapists and school psychologists there to provide assistance and support to these families. You need to let them in. So you, know, um, you don't think about all those pieces, right? No, you sure don't. No. <laughs> you know, they're just doing their job. They're doing their job. Absolutely, yeah. they were doing their job. And you think about it, no one could have planned for how chaotic this actually looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, we knew that was heading, that was happening. Uh, one of the things that also came up was there was a lot of chatter in terms of where do we go? Well, we got direction from senior leadership that this is where at the hotel was where the families would uh, meet. But then somehow communication got distorted and then we were told or someone within the group uh, said that no, they're going to the local school, but that wasn't the case. Okay. What was happening at the local school was that the, the um, there were uh, kids that were riding on the bus in and around the area that got diverted right when the oh, shooting no. happened. Uh -huh. So those were the kids that were going into the the, the um, elementary school. So that oh. communication is definitely was definitely um, a little problematic. Yeah. But, you know, afterwards we clarified. So uh, what do you expect? You know, the next, we go wee hours of the morning. I think we actually left our office maybe at one o'clock in the morning here after that. But during that time now, we know, okay, we're now dispatched. We're going to um, have our social workers respond. They're going to work with the parents. We'll get updates. We then start planning, okay, we need crisis response locations for tomorrow. One of the pieces that we, or one of the um, things that I was charged to do was, Nan, look up um, any kind of manuals that we see, check Sandy Hook, check Columbine, and we were wow. basically looking okay. anywhere on the internet. We found a ton of material, and, and I want to say that I, somehow we had, we, we didn't have to do a whole lot of digging, because I think within our department, we just have those pieces, you know, mm -hmm. through there, our associations and professional organizations. Um, so we were able to tap into many of our colleagues within oh, our nice. district and our county and the state and then outside. And we found one of the, um, I, I want to say, I think it was the, the Sandy Hook um, manual, if you want to call it that. Um, but it was the documentation off the top of my head. I don't recall what the name of it was, but I remember going through it and they, it really was well put together um, for those of us that unfortunately, you know, would have to go through a very horrific experience like what we, we went through. Right. Um, so it really provided some particular details. For example, setting up a crisis line to the school district because we had parents calling in. We didn't, there were, it was after hours by this point. So the school district shuts down. So we had to create you know, a crisis line and open up a crisis line for families and parents to call to get information, you know, separate and apart from what our, the police response was and the FBI was uh, putting out there. Because we didn't have to look for the killer. We right. already had, you know, everything was already done. So it was a matter of, okay, what's going to happen? Is there going to be school tomorrow? Um, where do we go? Yeah. We go? So all of those pieces we had to go through and, and that, that handbook was amazing because it gave us a lot of direction. And um, so we set up the crisis line. Then we decided 
you know, this took a whole lot of planning with, and our district is very large, but it took a whole lot of planning with a lot of our departments. And we're right. fortunate here in Broward County that even though we're so big, it, it, you know, it could be a plus or it could be a negative. Mostly it's a positive because we have the resources and we have many of the um, departments and, and skill set and yeah. professionals that can respond. We have a public information office that is very, very well versed in you know, helping getting out information. We have an IT department that was amazing with providing a whole lot of stuff that we needed. Uh -huh. um, computers and, and connections and things. So, so we started to plan, okay, what do we do tomorrow? We have to, we know we have to set up a crisis um, center for uh, families to come in for grief, for the, the, uh, the immediate crisis response is our first phase of this operation. And we were thinking, well, where, where is the location that we could, you know, set this up? Well, you know, with Marjorie Stoneman being in Parkland, and we have relationships with a lot of the commissioners. So we called one of them. I had the cell phone number. My boss called and we said, hey, we need a, um, a spot for uh, the crisis response to happen tomorrow. So he got on the phone with the commissioner and he said, okay, we got the rec center. That's where it'll be. Um, we actually, so we, we picked a few places because we're thinking, this is just not an event that we need to provide crisis response for our parents only. We need to also consider our teachers, mm -hmm. staff members, their yeah. families, yes. the community. So yeah. we wound up, yeah, we wound up having to set up, oh, and the thing I had mentioned earlier about Stoneman having two sets of students from two different towns. Mm -hmm. was also uh, a part of, of how we set up the crisis response. So we set up the crisis response in Parkland um, at the rec center, and then we, we were able to get the library, secure the library for our employees. Okay. And so we, set, we sent our EAP administrator, and she sent counselors, and with our insurance, I think it's Aetna at the time, they were able to send some of their counselors I was to gonna ask that. Okay, so like it, it sounds like you have uh, access to a lot of uh, specialists and mental health uh, yes. professionals. How many additional resources did you end up pulling in? Um, just kind of a rough number. Mm. Wow, um, I would say well over. When we're talking organizations mm -hmm. or people, or people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would say we, at any point in time, we had, we could count up to maybe anywhere between 200 and 300 professionals wow. that, that came in and helped uh, at one time or another. And now keep in mind, we have, in Broad County, I think we're one of the only counties in this particular area, we have a fully functioning school social work program, family counselors, and psychologists. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. That's um, actually, there's been, um, in my community, Fayette County, there's been a movement after these shootings to um, have more of a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that uh, I believe this bill is going to be voted on or has been passed um, to increase funding to mm -hmm. have more um, mental health professionals available at the schools. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things they identified was um, um, 
helping, being able to identify students to feel like they don't belong, to help mm-hmm. them belong, mm-hmm. try to be proactive for these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're up against another commercial break. You're listening to Paradigms, Insights into Relationships in You, and we'll be back right after this break. This segment of Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You, is sponsored by the Parker Relationship Center, working to better relationships for individuals, couples, and families. Find us on the web at www.relationshipcenterky.com. Listening to Paradigms, Insights and Relationships in You. Today, our guest is Nan Bushjit. She is um, help co- she helped coordinate the uh, crisis response to the uh, Stoneman Douglas shooting last February. And before the break, we're, we were just talking about um, as a as a county, they they got a lot of insight from the Sandy Hook uh, shooting and um, a lot of the processes to respond were documented in the manual, but um, they were uh, able to find crisis centers for people to come and get help. And so, um, so before the break, uh, you were talking about the rec center being one Mm -hmm. site. And then uh, is you're saying also, we had, right. So we had the rec center, um, which, I think saw maybe up to a thousand people that night. Wow. Night. Um, we had the library, which serviced the, our teachers and staff that were there and their family members. Um, and then we also set up two crisis centers on the other side of Stoneman, uh, the south side of Stoneman Douglas, which is in Coral Springs, mm-hmm. uh, Florida. And we uh, secured the gymnasium there and the uh, performing arts centers. And each of these locations, we disbanded and scheduled school social workers, school psychologists. We, um, we do have a partnership out in Broward County with our behavioral health agencies, and they also sent therapists and counselors and crisis counselors out to assist us. Wow. And, we had, and the number I think I gave you was, I don't know, two to 300. It might've been a little bit more, mm-hmm. but it was huge, huge. That is a huge response from your community. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So um, now keep in mind, Toby, that the population at Stoneman, 3,300 kids. Yeah. So, okay. you know, we're thinking, okay, we need to, you know, every single child was affected in some way or another, some more than others, obviously, but, and, you know, we were just thinking along those lines of how can we do as much as we can in this short time as we can. Right, right. Um, so is there any way with, I mean, gosh, th- uh, 3,300 students, and you're talking about their families, then your mm-hmm. faculty and staff and their families. So, wow, that's a big effort to undertake. So I'm assuming the, um, this is voluntary for people to come to if they want to take advantage of it. 
um, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely, totally mm -hmm. free staff by our, and one of the, the, so school system employees that were tasked, the school social workers, our family therapists, our school psychologists that were assigned to go, they were, the volunteer basis, they went to service our community. Um, the community partners came in as a, a volunteer basis as well. Now, fortunately, uh, you know, this, this was a, a situation where everybody just put together and, you know, they had to make some changes in terms of how do they service their, their clients and things, but they were able to send uh, therapists and, and counselors in and around those commitments, you know, yeah. so we had a lot of, I can give an hour here, I can come for two hours, I can, you know, stay for a week if you need me back and we let me know, you know, so it was a, an immense response. Yeah, that's an amazing response. Um, so I do remember from the news coverage um, that um, one of the harder decisions to make was um, when to go back to school. And so mm -hmm. was that decision tied in with, um, with these crisis centers and how the help was and how that help was going or how was that decision made? And, and I will say that I wasn't primarily involved in that decision. However, mm -hmm. uh, the information that I was aware of was that um, the decision to open school rested upon um, all of the, the, the victims Mm. And their families, their services, their you know funeral services. Um, we wanted to make sure and give those families ample time to honor their loved ones, and sure. you know, and and obviously some of those victims, the deceased victims, um, were some staff members. So you know, trying to um, put in to ensure that. We are uh, honoring them. We are also being mindful and, and careful about this is not just a one, you know, this is just not a small set. This is, this situation had such far reaching effects and their you know, staff members know family and friends and everyone was connected. So being able to give uh, support for our families and staff and students, but also working with law enforcement to say, okay, what do you all need from us so we can make sure that we're at least trying to um, make the best decision for everyone involved? Yeah. So it wasn't just a one factor. It was many layers, many, oh, yeah. um, many decisions, many uh, people that were consulted in order to make that decision to go back and yeah. reopen the school. So then, once school uh, reopened, um, what did the what the what did the response look like for all the constituents that you described? Students, mm. teachers, community. Um, how did it change or more for? How did it go once school uh, was back in? Wow. Yeah. It was. Um, I I think that you know. Looking back, I just am always amazed at, at what we did. And obviously, you know, not to say that things were done perfectly, but then again, you never plan for this, right? No. So we did the very best that we can in the moment that we did it. So right before school opened, um, the once the decision was made, and that always came with, you know, 
do you do or do you don't? Well, made the decision. The children were um, were asked to come back uh, so they can get backpacks and school supplies and teachers can collect items because mm -hmm. everything was damaged pretty much. Um, so we had volunteers once again within the school system you know, our, our student services staff, our ESLS, our uh, exceptional student staff, teachers, family members, uh, anyone who wanted to volunteer and uh, were vetted and, you know, we knew that they would be uh, providing a whole lot of support. We had um, a principal supervisors there. Um, everyone in a district department was there at the school the Sunday before, okay, and mm -hmm. I believe wound up opening um was it the wednesday or the monday i can't even remember now but i i i didn't go the sunday because i said you know what if they needed me they will call me i was doing a whole lot of other stuff so sure. i didn't go um but i can tell you the first day back the opening of school we were the support staff and the crisis counselors were all gathered in the small gymnasium and um i would say we had over probably 100, 150 uh, folks from all over within our district, our community agencies, uh, neighboring counties, mm -hmm. uh, all, you know, a lot of good response, great response, actually. Yeah. And what we were tasked to do was, and, and we also, our, our chief, she had, in the hours after this, she was doing a lot of searching, you know, is there uh, someone who is an expert on, you know, consulting with these things? And we were able to find, um, we actually found uh, the, cent the Children's School Crisis and Bereavement Center. And I'm probably saying it wrong. It's at, located out in uh, University of Southern California in the School of Social Work there, the Susan Dwork School Social Work. Uh, um, um, the director of that program is David Schoenfeld, and he has been an amazing, amazing resource uh, for us. Uh, mm -hmm. He came out and you know basically assisted us. He wrote a script for us, basically. Oh, okay. So this is where you know in hindsight probably wasn't the best thing to do. Um, oh, really? Okay. We, we did not plan for how the reaction would be because oh. we the 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 counselors and the social workers that were there to help, what we were supposed to do was go into each classroom, talk with a group of teachers, and give them the script and say, okay, when the kids come back, this is what they're going to say. They were not hearing that. They didn't want to hear that. And okay. we had, oh my, the, the one subject area, geography, who's, there was a teacher that died, right? Mm -hmm. um, they lashed out wow. at the, the bearers of the information. And really, we had to do a whole lot of crisis counseling. I went into one area, and my my uh, my subject area was a combination of math and the arts. I had to put my script away. I said, you know, let's just talk. Yeah, I can see. Just, they just needed to talk. Yeah. They just needed to, and they cried. And, and you know, one person said to me, um, I, what did he ask me? He said, uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> Said, yes. I'm working, you know, so it was that whole, you know, you had to go back and deflect and what does it mean? And, yeah. and really it was quite, um, it was an emotional time. Yeah. I can, I can see students looking at adults saying you didn't go through this. You don't know how this feels. Um, that continues today. 
Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a natural response. Yes. You know, um, but that morning, just real quickly, just I'm going to tell you, that morning as I drove up, because I had not been to Stoneman since uh, everything, and I had visited a couple weeks ago, I did a training or something, I forget what we were doing, we we're doing our Disney training, as I drove up, um, they had the therapy, we had therapy dogs lined up, oh, okay. and I had to sit in my car for probably was about five or so minutes because I just like tears just finally came down. Like I cried a little bit because you know, you hold it together. Yeah. But I had to, I, I composed myself and as I was walking out and you see the therapy dogs there and all of the people who've come to, you know, provide support, it was quite emotional. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I, words can't describe how the, that feeling was. Now it, at this point, was the media still there? Because I remember seeing, I mean, I can, this is hard enough going through uh, at the time you went through it, but uh, mm -hmm. I remember seeing uh, media trucks broadcasting mm -hmm. everything, which probably felt like a huge invasion of privacy on top of everything else. So were they still there at that time too? Um, so the media was out there. We had to, we wound up setting up a perimeter in front of the school um, and yeah. they were across the street for that first day back. Now, so so in the in the two, in the the day of actually it was the two days following the crisis. The school was shut down, but the neighboring schools weren't shut down. Oh. So I was asked to go to the different neighboring schools and check on um, the responses going on at the schools. Consult with the school social worker, a family counselor, find out if they needed anything because it was hard getting through on the phone. So I got in my car and I drove to all the neighboring schools. Little did I know what I was going to face when I drove up on, I took my directions because I don't really travel out to Parkland a lot. I live in the south part of the county and I wound up parking and walking about a mile. Wow. And I didn't realize I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> watching the news as everyone was because I was helped with I was yeah. helping. And I ran into just oodles and oodles of onlookers and and reporters and people trying to get information. And then I came up against a police barricade. Fortunately, I was able to show them ID and say, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, went all around the place. I wound up walking around to the middle school and saying, I, I was able to get in, but it was madness. Wow. When I tell you it was madness, it was madness. And I think I had passed, um, there was a reporter that came from CNN and was walking down the street. And I said, oh my goodness, really? We have, you know, like everybody is here. Yes. And it just, <laughs> it just, there's really, I don't have the words to describe it because it was almost like, um, forget an invasion of privacy. It was kind of, <laughs> I love to say that. <laughs> felt voyeuristic yes yeah so i can only That's imagine how much more difficult that made it for the students on mm. top of that well we're up against another break we're gonna take a quick commercial break and mm -hmm. um you're listening to paradigms insights into relationships in you and we'll be right back after this message
This segment of Paradigms, Insights into Relationships and You is sponsored by Jenkins Couples and Family Therapy, walking beside you during life's challenges, providing therapy for couples, families, and individuals. Find us on the web at www.jenkinscft.com. Listening to Paradigms Insights into Relationships in You. Today's topic is uh, school shootings, and um, our guest is Nan Budget, and she's um, was very involved in the crisis response to the Stoneman Douglas shooting down in Parkland, Florida. And uh, before the break, uh, we were talking about um, what the intervention looked like once school um, went back in session. And, um, of course, um, I was able to follow that first day of school back here because the news coverage was, uh, was, uh, was everywhere, but, you know, it was, um, awful invasive for those trying to get back into school and get back on, uh, you can't call it a normal school day, but, uh, move on, um, in the process. So, um, so, um, you know, I work a little bit with trauma. Um, that's not my specialty, but I know it's not a one-time thing. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm assuming these, um, these uh, interventions and, um, and crisis response mm-hmm. continue, continue through the summer and the rest of the school year. And is it still going on? And what does that look right. like? So, so what we refer, you know, we, we, we have um, a coordinated mental health response at this current moment in time, um, specifically at the school. And I'll talk specifically now. When school reopened, we, re- we opened up what we call a, a wellness center, uh, which is staffed with, I want to say, about 30 licensed clinicians wow. um, that are housed in a portable at the school um, that are there to provide uh, individual services and crisis counseling as needed. Uh, as you can imagine, when school returned and, you know, with the, um, the all of the safety requirements and drills and everything, mm-hmm. um, they have been quite busy because we've had drill after drill after drill and those children and staff members, uh, some of which, you know, everyone has a different response to um, triggers. Oh, yeah. Some of some of our, our students and staff, they have had a very difficult time. You can clearly see where they are suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had some that, you know, had uh, been able to manage and, and come over an adjustment disorder, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you go right back to those triggers and you're re-experiencing. And, yeah, you know, what we're seeing is a, probably um, a little bit more of the PTSD symptoms. Um, yeah. You know, with the bells and uh, just oh, the time of day that thing that the incident yeah. had happened. Um, you know, it's uh, it, the, and the teachers are. It's so difficult for some of them. Um, yeah. You know, you get a variety of uh, responses that you know we still need help and support. We want the support, but then you also have the other side is leave us alone. We don't yep. want to hear the drills. We don't want anybody there. We don't want any of that. Um, we still have maintained the therapy dogs, though the therapy dogs are an amazing 
support for the kids and even some of our staff members. Mm -hmm. I think there's a pig as well. I haven't seen the pig, but I, I've seen the dogs. Um, in fact, that first day back, uh, we were greeting the children as they were walking through, and I wound up escorting several of them up to their classroom because it was difficult for them to, to, to walk by themselves. And we met a couple of the, the, the therapy dogs and the service dogs there, the comfort animals. Um, wonderful, wonderful support for, for the, the, That's a good the idea. age group. Yeah, it really I mean, This is heavy stuff for adults to uh, mm -hmm. take in. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't imagine being 15, 16 and um, having lived through this um, and then having to go back to the same location. So. Mm -hmm. There are triggers everywhere. Yes, yes. Yeah. One of the, uh, just real quick, just one of the things that uh, I wound up doing in the, in, the, in the midst of all this, because, you know, you, school, it's high school. Mm -hmm. Field trips have been scheduled, mm -hmm. uh, events, contests, competitions, classes. Um, I wound up accompanying the, uh, the DECA club. It's a, it's a business marketing organization. Yeah. Yeah, so they needed a therapist to go. So I was tasked with going along with another social worker. Um, you know, and we thought about, oh my goodness. We, so we talked to the kids right before we left and I introduced myself, my colleague introduced herself. And one of the questions was, are we, are you going to bring some therapy dogs? And I said, <laughs> no, I, we can't bring therapy dogs, but how about this? How about if I find some stuffed dogs? So this was the this was the the day before we were leaving for the trip. So right wow. away I call my boss. We had set up the resiliency center in in one of the uh, rooms at, at the rec center. I said we need stuffed animals. Can we get them? Okay, so let's call. We got on the phone. We called a few people. We called the city of Parkland. They called uh, Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers said, "How many do you need? Wow. We'll get them." Mm -hmm. So they wound up getting from Build-A-Bear, we collected, I think, we ordered 200 bears. Wow. So I had them delivered at the school in the morning. I got there. We got there. As the buses were loading up, we're giving out the, the, uh, the stuffed toys, the teddy yeah. bears. <laughs> you could not imagine the look on these children and the adults' faces. Oh, yeah. They just held on to the... And I was, you know, at first I was, oh, you know, they might, it's teenagers, they might think it's a little quirky. No. It was yeah. something that they absolutely embraced and they just wanted it, you know? Yeah. So, so it was special in that way. Um, but if you're, you know, talking about looking at, uh, so the current support, we have the Wellness Center. You know, there have been some challenges with regards to how that looks at the school. You know, issues like, who goes? Who's allowed to go? Uh, mm -hmm. Are the teachers letting the kids? So, you know, so those are things that within the school administration, and, and we do have two principals there now at the school, one to handle recovery and mm -hmm. one to handle everything else. You know, uh, Mr. Wow. Thompson does everything else. And we have the Miss um, Hall, who is the recovery um, principal. And, you know, it's, it's been very challenging, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the parental, you know, from the, the, the community and the parental standpoint, I remember um, my own children. I have, I have four children. Two have gone through Broward County Schools. Never in a million years have they experienced anything like this. Um, mm -hmm. We've had our own share of trauma. We've been in a car accident. Anyway, two younger ones. Um, one's now in 10th grade. One is in 6th grade. So last year, ninth and fifth grade, you know, yeah. um, I can tell you that my, my, those two boys of mine, they were so scared. They yeah. were 
didn't want to go to school. And I said, as a parent, I said, I'm not going to force you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even going back to school, there is conversation that we've had. And, yeah. you know, from a parental standpoint, it is important to engage your children as they will allow you to engage them. Recognize that some of the behaviors you're going to see um, from the anger to, you know, just wanting to be by themselves, mm-hmm. uh, maybe short answers to you, uh, you know, maybe wanting to hang out with their friends and just remain with their friends and being engaged in something, some kind of activity, that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, and allowing them to guide the conversation a little bit. And if, when your kids are asking questions, um, and if you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, you know what, honey, I don't know. But mm-hmm. we're going to get through this together. And, you know, once again, encouraging what we know about trauma and any type of traumatic experience is getting back to quote unquote normal is the best thing you can do. It's getting them back on track and having them, you know, not by themselves, with support. Okay, you know, we've got to get back to school. Um, and, and, and I will say that this obviously didn't apply to you know, the, the victims that were injured and even the families that lost family members. But, you know, as an overall general response with, you know, our general students and children who uh, may have been in and around the area, knowing that this is hard, it's going to be difficult and, you know, creating, trying to create that sense of um, safety is very, very important. And answering questions as best you can and yes. reaching out to, um, you know, the resources that are available. You absolutely have to do that. Definitely limit the amount of TV, social media time that can wow. sometimes have, you know, a, an effect that we've seen. Um, as you know, everything is instantaneous. Information gets out there. And in a lot of times we've had incorrect information getting out yeah. Now another another aspect of uh, this shooting has been the activism from mm-hmm. the school. Um, mm-hmm. And I mentioned, um, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but um, there's been quite a bit of activism. I think it's caught on. There's activism in my county from students um, really to, um, to encourage the school board here mm-hmm. to um, increase resources, um, add more, uh, not just focusing on student safety, but student inclusion mm-hmm. more mental health professionals. Um, mm-hmm. that, that has been, I've been super impressed by, um, by the students who have come mm-hmm. forward and really pushing change. So I know you've got to be really proud of that and the influence they're having. It is there, you know, beyond proud is something that I think everybody in, 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 in uh, this part of the, the, count, the country, um, for the most part, will say, um, we could not be more proud of the, the students in the, in the, you know, the minutes and the hours after this event and how they were able to, to set, step up and have um, used their grief. Mm-hmm to fuel a conversation that is so necessary, has been so necessary for so long. Yes. And addressing this issue, you yeah. know, and, and not just, it, this is hard work and it's been very taxing. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that we saw here in Broward County when um, uh, 
you know, the minutes and hours after the march downtown and, and Emma was first, you know, pushed out in this in the rural stage and then we had all the other students come out. Um, the our school system here, the children uh, organized the march, you know, the walkout. You know, as a school system, you do you get concerned, you get worried, and it's at some point, you know, we had direction from our administrators, but it was more of oh my goodness, an awakening happening. Yeah, um, on students here walked out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we didn't and, have some place to go necessarily, but they walked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sure. and what I I think from all of this, you know, is tragic and um, unsurmountable. Um, grief that that you know these families and these parents and we as just professionals that work with these families and in the community and as a parent to mm -hmm. experience that to to take something so horrific and um, reframe it if you will yeah you know nice. and say mm -hmm. how can we use this and how can we utilize this to not only go from you know this crisis to to healing and recovery but sustainable impact in a yeah. positive way yeah and that's what i'm seeing from a thousand miles away they've been really effective in um it's catching um mm -hmm. it's contagious in a good way um mm -hmm. and students here are picking up the charge too um mm -hmm. so if it's happening here i'm sure it's happening other places too it is Nan, I want to thank you for uh, being a guest on, on my show today. This has been extremely insightful and very helpful. Um, and um, I'm sure our community will benefit from it uh, immensely. I just want to thank you for taking your time out. Um, you've been listening to Paradigms, Insights into Relationships in You. If you have a story you'd like to share with Paradigms, you can email me at toby at paradigmradioshow.com. And once again, you've been listening to Paradigms, Insights and Relationships in You. See you next time. Thank you for tuning into Paradigm, Insights into Relationships in You with Toby Jenkins. Join us again 